just, hello and welcome to the post-production podcast. I'm Kiri. And I'm Rachel. And this is our podcast where we women people talk about oh, good uh, our experiences working in in media production. And we share our crazy stories and dubiously critique popular works. So where do we want to start? <laughs> it's been a few weeks since we last recorded. It has indeed, which everyone loved our guest, Elijah. So Yes, yes, yes. Shout out to That was his exciting Elijah. internet debut. Yes. And uh, Elijah has been mentioned on this podcast before. Many times, in fact. Yes, yeah. He just wasn't officially name-dropped, so we didn't say anything. I was going to say, I always just called him my coworker, or, you know, that weird guy I work with. Yeah, he commented on our, our TikTok about the oil change, like, hmm, I wonder who that coworker was. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my gosh, that TikTok, the same one that every man on the internet managed to find. Yeah, yeah, like, listen, if you want to get all the boys to your yard, all you got to do is sound like a female and start talking about technology or cars. Yeah. And they come running. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they must give their input. Hey, yeah, and not not <laughs> like they come running like, hey, Ma, you want to go out on a date? No, like they come running like, Ugh, uh, typical woman. Typical woman want to drive car. How dare woman want to program light? Uh, yeah. That that's my that's my man impression. Man, but like not all men, just like the crappy ones on the internet. You know what right. I mean? Right. Not all men, but too many men. Yeah. Like that's, that's valid. <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> Anyways, uh, besides the uh, the oil changing TikTok, getting way too much attention from the wrong side of TikTok. <laughs> what have you been up to this week? Well. Let's see. I think that the biggest things that happened since we last talked, I worked a cooking show, sort of. So we had two cameras set up in our kitchen, our big industrial kitchen, and we had them uh, displayed on a TV in another room on the other side of the building. And that was actually a lot of fun until I started to get dizzy from the gas stoves and nearly passed out. So uh, anyway, so once that was over with, then uh, one of the camera's batteries died and it was a whole So let me get this straight. You almost passed out from gas on set. You didn't pass gas on set. You almost (laughs) passed out from gas on set. And then once you overcame that tragedy, your camera battery died. Yep. That is super unfortunate. Yeah, like I, I like radioed one of my coworkers who was uh, up working the switcher in the event center control room. I was like, hey, uh, can we switch places? Because I am not feeling great <laughs> <laughs> next to the gas. And he was like, oh, okay, I'm on my way. And so I walked out of the kitchen. I did not get far before I just like sat down at one of the tables to like breathe. And one of the ladies who was uh, like with the event, like didn't work for us, just like one of the clients, uh, she was like, are you okay? (laughs) I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. I'll just, I was just a little dizzy. I need a minute. And then I stumbled into the green room because there's a couch and I laid down on the couch for a few minutes. And then I, I told my boss what was going on. And then like a few minutes later, I felt better. So I got up and went back up to the switcher, which is where I saw that one of the cameras had died <laughs> and uh, apparently scared the crap out of my boss because he like I told him that I was in the green room 
And by the time he got there, I was gone. <laughs> so he was like, ah, where did you go? Yeah, anyway, it was it was a whole thing. But it was a lot of fun. I got some really good chicken afterwards. I just kind of followed the chef with the cameras. I made it through most of the event. It's like an hour, an hour and a half. But the cooking segment was only like 30 minutes. I think I've expressed this before, but I like making stuff about food <laughs> for some reason. So it was a lot of fun, apart from the the gas stove but yeah so that was that and then i think the next week but so this was i don't remember when the cooking show was at this point but last week we hosted a film festival for like documentaries about super sporty people and it was supposed to be a two-person event but my my second person had to leave halfway through because he had a a gig because he's a musician and so it was a little chaotic with just me because I had to man audio and lighting and the video <laughs> being displayed. And uh, the, like they had split it into two segments. So there were eight films, you know, films, we call them. Right. Even though they're only like 15 minutes. Like the longest one was like 30 minutes. They had eight films and they did four in the first half an intermission with this like exciting raffle, I guess. And <laughs> then the last four. And so at the end of each segment, I like faded to black on the switcher. And it was, I mean, it was kind of interesting. Yeah, thankfully they weren't like super duper, you know, they weren't like film bros, you know, right? that were running this thing. They were just like outdoorsy people who wanted to do a film festival. And so like, like they were associated with this group that had all these films to show to like other members of their umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. So it was an event associated with that but as people were walking in we were like is this a costume party because literally everybody looks like the most granola person <laughs> in existence <laughs> like everybody was wearing like the north face and patagonia jackets and like you know those those particular shoes and, and you know like for hiking like it was like a, a spontaneous hike could break out at any second right <laughs> that's right. how everyone yeah. was dressed and we were like is this a costume party or are they actually being serious? No, no, this is these. Are ju that's just the people who are a part of this group. <laughs> that's just how they are. That's hilarious. Um, and yesterday was a banquet for a cult. Say more. I didn't work the event, so I don't know what happened. But like reading up on them, and of course, some of the articles may have been a bit biased. Yeah. And like they they seem to have answers that were a little too specific <laughs> about things. And uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I didn't work that event, but hey, they showed up. <laughs> so yeah. And then next week, this hasn't happened yet, but we have a speaker coming who is like very, very politically far left on Monday. And then on Friday, we have a group coming in and it's like a very, very far right group. <laughs> oh, so you get you get the whole political spectrum. And we've gotten angry emails about both yep yeah yep yep and you know someone someone once told me that if you can make people angry across all ends of the spectrum then you're doing something right True that. <laughs> you are truly welcome to everyone so yeah how's how's your couple of weeks been it's been by the way rachel looks like a professor right <laughs> now. she got a haircut and straightened it she's wearing glasses like I told her she looks like she's about to hit me with a petition. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Honestly, 
not not all stretches of weeks uh, in the world of technology are created equal. And this was one of those. Because it, star- it started out, like, really good. Me and um, Elijah, who, uh, if you haven't listened to his episode of post-production go do it he's hilarious and has great stories it is now one of our most listened to episodes in fact indeed it was very popular and listen to our old episodes we lost our stats (laughs) (laughs) but anyways on monday we uh we've had this speaker in one of our venues that for a long time we've known something is off oh Uh, but we we kind of figured because it's it's an rcf cabinet which is like it's a pretty nice speaker it's like pretty far above budget for most of the technology in our building what is what is rcf uh a really expensive audio company oh okay that's probably why i haven't heard of them (laughs) because they make really expensive stuff yep i mean it's not like it's not crazy expensive but as far as like permanent install PA systems like their stuff is up there with like very solid permanent install equipment for sure so we didn't even know it was RCF till we pulled it down and then we were like oh nice but then we were like why does it sound like this if it has this name on it so we figured it just needed to be reconed so we spent like the first two days of our week taking down the bad speaker flying and fully installing a replacement speaker for it and then taking apart the old one to figure out what the heck is wrong with it. Turns out uh, the the gasket was like completely broken. So luckily like the cone inside the speaker doesn't need to come out, but we did have to figure out how to get out the old like broken gasket while preserving the cone. And it turned into this whole thing of like, like Elijah and I essentially turned our production workshop into like this. This probably isn't politically correct to say, but a meth lab. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like we like poured isopropyl alcohol all over the thing to try and get a bunch of the like adhesive residue off, um, and then that didn't work. So we tried like half a jug of mineral spirits and that didn't work so then we took straight acetone to it and that didn't work and so we were like sanding this thing to death while both like choking and coughing that room must have smelled rank oh it's, <laughs> it was so bad we had to prop all of the double doors for a couple days straight to a room that's normally like under multiple sets of lock and key right yeah but we were like we will suffocate and die if we don't open the doors right now <laughs> so it's like me with the gas stove <laughs> i know it was crazy av work is dangerous guys but it was a really fun project because <laughs> i've never taken apart um, a passive speaker before, like with my own two hands. Yeah, right. Me neither. Yeah. So I don't know. It was a really cool project. We're we're learning a lot. We're getting the rest of the replacement parts in on Monday, and then we'll commence phase two of putting it back to the way we found it, except better. After that, though, the week went a bit downhill because we had a Thursday rehearsal last night, as we do every week, and it seemed like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. Okay. Technologically. Tends to happen. So, yeah, it was like, it was just one thing after another. Like, at the beginning of the rehearsal, like, there was this horrible feedback. But, and I never have feedback issues, so I took it a little personally, because I was like, (laughs) oh, this is a moral failing. I, I feel like every audio engineer has their thing they struggle with. 
Mine is not feedback. Has never been feedback. What is it? So I don't know. I'd have to think about it. Um, <laughs> I have to think about what my problems are. Yeah. Well, I mean, I have <laughs> nothing a lot comes of, to like, mind. <laughs> I have a lot of areas where I'm like, yeah, I could grow in that. Right. But there's yeah. there's no one thing that I'm like, yeah, that's a thing I never do right. Yeah, mine is apparently changing colors on lights. <laughs> Throw back to the, that one TikTok. <laughs> Yikes. But yeah, so we had this terrible feedback. I like could not figure it out. And I, I was the technical director. So like when our front of house technician couldn't figure it out, he was like, hey, TD, can you come figure this out? And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I like scratched my head at it for like five minutes until I realized that like the DCA for the vocals wasn't being sent to the mains. And so I like patched the DCA back through and that fixed the feedback issue that was coming off of one of the the wireless mic receivers. But then like we had other issues because when I when I sent the DCA back to the mains, our silly little very expensive audio console for some reason thought that um, if I was sending the, the the vocal DCA to the mains, I would want the mains sent to the vocal DCA as well. Oh no. Oh yeah. But I didn't notice that it had done that. I went into the sends and I put the DCA to send to the veins and I walked away. Cause I was like, yep, problem solved. I'm a wizard. Um, <laughs> You're a wizard and, and then not two minutes later, the poor front of house guy was like, Rachel, what did you do? <laughs> I was like, I don't know. And so I like run back over and I see that the main LR channel was in the vocal DCA. And oh I was dear. Like, oh my gosh. So I, we took it out. It was fine. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then like the next, the next, you know, insurmountable obstacle after that was that the person doing lyrics had indeed not shown up. Um, yikes. <laughs> so I became media technician for the next 15 minutes um, until our, our like real main event of the night happened, which was um, the Cat 6 cable connecting the front of house board to literally everything else in the room went bad. And I said, God is testing me tonight. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like, I, I did what any, you know, smart, capable, thorough technician would do. And I unplugged it and plugged it back in. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that worked until the end of rehearsal when I replaced it with an unshielded Cat5 cable. No one come for me. I don't want to hear it. I'm not interested. <laughs> I'm not open to your feedback, internet. Not today. But it was a thing of like, I pretty extensively troubleshot it. And I was like, well, I have two options. I can start the day on Sunday morning for an eight hour stretch during which I need the board to work the whole time. I can start that with a cable I know is bad or I can run a backup cable that is unshielded and use the backup cable for one day until I figure out a permanent install solution. Okay. And I went with that option because like, I, I am not about to be the person that starts a day knowing that there's a problem and just hoping the problem doesn't manifest itself. Right. Like yeah. that's irresponsible. Being, yes. Especially because I had already run, we, we had had issues with this same shielded Cat6 cable before. And when those had happened, I ran that backup cable the entire length of the auditorium. So I had one measured, ready to go, both ends terminated. 
Um, so I just whipped it out and plugged it in and gaffed it down, which took longer than it should have because it's a really long auditorium. <laughs> yep. Lots of gaff tape. Lots of gaff tape. Yeah. Did you, did, did it wrap over on itself when you pulled it up or have you pulled it up yet? <laughs> I have not pulled it up yet. Cause I'm going to use, I'm going to use it through the end of Sunday morning okay. and then I'm going to figure out what the heck is next, which is probably a new shielded cat six cable. Goodbye wallet. Right. Have you ever terminated a cable before? Me? Yeah. I'm almost a little offended by that question. Why? Not actually. <laughs> uh, yeah, I terminate cables all the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, I, I've only done it a few times, so I was like, hmm. We, we, I got kind of like the cable terminating um, crash course, if you will, because um, I had learned to do it like once but I was so bad at it that I was like, I don't think I'll need to do this much in my line of work. It's probably fine. LOL. Reader, it was not fine. She did need to know how to do that. Because <laughs> we did this project a couple months later, me and Elijah, where we were, uh, we had to move the booth in one of our venues back like eight feet. Oh, Which yep. like doesn't sound like a problem until you think about how like most cabling is custom measured. Right. So all the cabling yeah. that was running from the booth to each device being controlled was run literally just to the booth. Like it couldn't stretch any farther. Mm -hmm. We kind of looked at it because the problem was we needed to move. I think we ended up running seven cables to the back of the room. So we had seven like cat six cables already running, I think. Um, and we were like, well, we can run seven new ones and custom measure them, or we can just extend the ones that are there. Right. So we extended them, which was the cost effective solution. Unfortunately, it meant I spent literally two days terminating cables. It's tedious. Yeah, no it's kidding. very tedious. And I did most of it inside of a drop ceiling. Oh, like up in the- A lot of feet off the ground, yeah. Oh. So I was just wobbling around at the very top of a scissor lift <laughs> doing like microscopic cable work. Cause like for those who like haven't terminated a cable before, which is like kind of a hyper-specific skill. So I feel like a lot of people haven't. Right. But like- That's what, like, I don't do it very often. You you but. essentially like are attaching an end to a type of cable. Like it, it, it sounds yeah. more techy than it is. But with something like a Cat6 cable, you're terminating little tiny fiber ends of wires into different parts of say, like a clear ethernet connector. So if you have crappy eyesight like me, it is no walk in the park. <laughs> you know, you just need really good glasses and a flashlight. True. The The funniest part though, is watching Elijah terminate cables because as he mentioned oh. on our most recent episode, Elijah is blind. And so- I feel kind of bad for joking about that. <laughs> oh, I don't. <laughs> I spend like 60 hours of every week with Elijah. So I've gotten over the blind jokes by now. <laughs> Especially like, it's funny if you, if you do any work with like me and Elijah ever, it's like watching a really visually impaired person and a slightly less visually impaired person <laughs> try to do jobs that you really do need really good eyesight to do. Because <laughs> like half our job is like cameras or seeing all the way across a venue to notice something or like things like that. Yeah, like noticing when the gaff tape was left in the cross, you know, things like that. Yeah, like you need good distance <laughs> eyesight to do audio. You need good eyesight to do video, lighting, like all the things. But hey, 
anything can be accessible if you put your mind to it. You know, have you? Uh, do you remember Duke and the Great Pie War? Yes, the Veggie Tales classic. Yeah, there's that uh, flashback sequence where she she was like, "My husband, the Invincible," and then my son, slightly less invincible. So I was thinking, like, <laughs> "Oh yes, <laughs> Elijah, the visually impaired, and Rachel, the slightly less visually <laughs> impaired." <laughs> getting slapped with a pie in the face (laughs) because you didn't see it coming see but like it really doesn't matter because if you ever see elijah terminate a cable it's like a master class in cable anatomy of course it is yes he's so (laughs) quick he's so thorough and like he's very good at it he doesn't need eyesight yeah who needs eyesight when you're just a genius and you work really hard which is which are the two things he he is and do. <laughs> he is and do. <laughs> oh, man. Have you watched uh, episode one of Mandalorian yet? Yes, I have. And the second episode. I've not watched episode two yet, so no spoilers. Okay. Well, okay. The second episode is... Uh, t- there's there's a lot more to talk about in the second episode. Like I don't even remember the first episode that well. Yeah, go figure. What what well Rip. what are your thoughts? Remind me what happened. Um, well now I have to remember what happened. Right. I remember the pirates. I was wondering how they were going to explain away Cara Dune. Yeah, they did a they did kind of it. I that was interesting. Yeah, it was like oh she was so good that she got uh, you know dispatched somewhere else you know she's in the special forces now or whatever yeah, it's like okay so now yeah sure yeah we're never gonna see her again <laughs> all right that's enough of that right here's ig11 yeah oh yeah that okay first of all the episode was beautifully shot and orchestrated per usual oh yeah ludwig Gorenson, you've done it again oh my gosh i could not stop watching and listening it was it was a great time for all honestly here's my opinion and my opinion is already obsolete because by the time this episode is out uh two episodes of mandalorian will be out all i have to say is i'm not quite sure how i feel about the whole like ig11 thing I don't know. What, like bringing him back? Yeah, it just seems like kind of an odd little side mission to me. Right. Like completely undoing the meaning of his sacrifice, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's a really odd storyline to like start the season out on, especially when the main storyline so far seems to be, I need to atone for my impurity in removing my helmet by going to go bathe in, in this underwater rock pool on my poisoned planet and I need a robot I already killed in order to do that. Yeah. I hope Din's character arc is going to be that like he realizes he doesn't have to keep his helmet on all the time, but maybe I do too. Especially because like I thought Bo Katan had a really good point when she said, like Bruh, you're in a cult. Number one, <laughs> you are literally in a cult. Yeah. And number two, cults like yours are literally the reason the Mandalorian people lost their home. Yeah, because like did you pick up on that um he was adopted by Death Watch? Yeah. Yeah. And like they weren't quite 
that like the the death watch group that we focused on with like previsla and bo-katan and everybody they weren't the uh keep your helmet on at all times type but i think yeah like after after the whole mall mandalore incident they kind of split because like Bo went off to form her own group and then some stayed with Maul and then I guess maybe there was this third group that was like a little bit extreme about the helmets. In the in the second episode, just like mild well, this isn't really a spoiler, but Din mentions that he grew up on Concordia, which is where Death Watch was based in Clone Wars. So it's like, yeah, yep, yep. You're a Death Watch baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whoops. I'll be interested to see where they take it. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on Bo Katan so far? I mean given her like two minute appearance in episode one. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, she's hot. She's got that going for her. And she's just like sitting there waiting for someone to talk to her. <laughs> yeah, I do like her palace. I really liked her palace, but it, it did crack me up that like when he walks in to talk to her, she's just like sitting in a little throne with her feet propped up on her helmet. Like that was so right. iconic. <laughs> yeah. What a power move. Just very over it. Hey, you, you find yourself at the, at the center of a cesspool of religious trauma because you accidentally took off your helmet and you have your whole religious identity in your helmet. Mm-hmm. I will sit here with my feet upon my helmet showing you my face yeah like those were kind of her vibes i was living for it yeah she she did seem very apathetic i guess to yeah, kind of the whole she seems very not where she was at last time we saw her in the mandalorian well i think well yeah because last time we saw her din had just gotten the dark saber mm-hmm. and she didn't want to fight him for it and so she's like all upset about that. Yeah. So she, I think she might eventually like actually fight him for it. I think that would be interesting. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. They're not exactly besties. Right. So I, I, she'll she'll be back. Oh, yeah. And so will the pirates, I imagine. Indeed. I was really hoping we'd see Hondo from Clone Wars, but no, nope, it's just some random other very obviously Pirates of the Caribbean inspired guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. With his little, like, leaf face. I mean, it was kind of funny. No, it was hysterical. It's like, okay, you're really leaning all the way into the pirate thing. Okay. Like, I laughed <laughs> out loud when he came up on the screen for the first time. I know it probably wasn't meant to be funny, but I found it funny, and that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah, I, the, the, it was, you know, Star Wars takes inspiration from many things. That's <laughs> true. Have you been watching Bad Bad? I have not. No, I'm a terrible okay, Star Wars ne- fan. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what else is. Ca- I haven't seen Quantumania yet. I haven't either, and I honestly don't know if I intend to. It seems like a wait till it comes out on Disney Plus kind of movie. Very much so. Yeah. Especially given, okay, number one, the prices of movie theaters these days. Like, I'm really only going to spend money on movie tickets. If it's like a movie I'm really, really excited to see. Such as Wakanda Forever. Yeah. And even that one I saw on $5 movie night, mm-hmm. um, like a couple days after it came out. Well, I mean, we're not exactly, you know, swimming in money, but. True. But uh, number two, I did read a really interesting article about Quantumania uh, that talked about how. That you later sent to me. Did I? <laughs> yeah. You were like, this is exactly, these, this writer expresses my thoughts exactly. Read this. <laughs> I was like, okay. Oh, 
No, you're thinking of the wrong article. I read one like- Oh, okay. I guess you read lots of articles. No, I, uh, yes, I do. Because <laughs> I'm a huge nerd. But I read one today about how Quantumania is probably a bankrupt movie. Oh. Because I want to say, and like, no one yell at me if I'm doing these numbers wrong, because I am remembering them off the top of my head from an article I read like this morning. But like, basically, the movie itself was like a $200 million movie. Lots of CG. Like beyond that, Disney spends so much money marketing these movies. Mm -hmm. Also in the millions of dollars. And the international profit that this movie has made so far has like tanked weekend by weekend. So like total, it's only made a profit of like like four hundred million so far. Um, and yeah. it probably isn't looking at make, IMDb. Yeah, yeah, it's not going to make much more than that. And I'm not saying the budget here. It's probably going to really reshape the way that they market and produce these movies after this yeah because i think this is the first marvel movie that's come out where they're they're gonna have to look at it and go oh like we we need to actually keep people interested in these Oof, like it's got a 47 percent on rotten tomatoes yeah like the lore of marvel alone is no longer drawing people in yeah for these movies anymore like they they they're gonna have to think of ways to keep audiences interested because marvel audiences are exhausted right now yeah that was the first article that i sent kiri a couple weeks back about basically how like the multiverse era of marvel has just kind of ushered in fatigue yeah with a lot of marvel fans who are like Hey, like, this is the same, it's the same formula of movie. Yeah. It, it's just getting bigger and bigger and harder to believe. And I've seen 30 movies already. Seems to be relying heavily on cameos and niche references and things like that, that pe not everybody's going to get. Yeah. And it's starting to get to be a bit much. And that, that was, that was my only qualm with, uh, no way home. Uh, is that the big sell of the movie was spoilers to anyone who hasn't watched it, by the way, Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire coming back and all the old villains. Right. So they were just like heavily banking on nostalgia and uh, people wanting to see. Oh, we haven't talked about No Way Home yet because you hadn't seen it last time we brought it up. What did, have you seen it? I have seen it. And to be okay. honest, I was like not as stoked about it as everyone else was. And right. I was like, it's it, this is just like it's not that I didn't like it. Like I liked it, but I wasn't like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. This is so good. Yeah. The cinematic masterpiece, like with Wakanda Forever, I was like, this is this is a good movie that stands on its own. It's really, really great, good story. Um, but with No Way Home, it was like they're just, you know, playing the multiverse card mm -hmm. and then throwing in all these cameos. And, you know, it, it's like, what what was it? The you remember when um Hannah Montana and Wizards of Waverly Place and the Sweet Life on Deck did like a crossover like three episode special? It was like that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like, okay, all these stories are gonna merge together. There you go. I will say I I haven't seen Andrew Garfield in a movie in a while and like 13-year-old Kiri had a moment <laughs> when he appeared on screen. But uh yeah, I'd like I don't have as much nostalgia for Tobey Maguire. I think I've only seen the first Spider-Man movie of his. Yeah. Yeah, not not quite as much nostalgia there. I mean, I I enjoyed it. 
And I will say, I don't remember Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man acting as much like a stoner as he was in this movie. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah, I was like, mm. well, and also it was a little unclear how old he was supposed to be because Andrew Garfield doesn't age. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Obviously it was post his movies. But yeah, I was like, OK, he's definitely high. I think that's just that might have just been Andrew Garfield. Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I may or may not have found myself uh, looking up old clips from the Amazing Spider-Man movies. But, you know, so it goes. And uh, yeah, lots of just like mashing all of these characters together and all of these villains. I did think it was interesting that they were trying to redeem all the villains, but yeah, making them all friends seemed a little bit forced right not gonna lie yeah it was just like for me i enjoyed watching it like i'm glad i did eventually get around to it yeah like it was a fun movie it just wasn't like amazing because like i felt kind of like a i felt kind of like a bad marvel fan for like not being as excited about it as everyone else was because do you remember how much hype there was leading up to that movie yeah it was really intense like, I was excited about it, but I wasn't, like, obsessed I with it. I wasn't that excited. Yeah, right, like, yeah. I was like, yeah, like, you know, I'll wait till it comes out on streaming, and I'll watch it there, and I'm sure it'll be a good Marvel movie, and, like, that will be that. And it was literally exactly how I called it. Mm -hmm. Like, I watched it once. I was like, yeah, like, that was pretty much exactly what I expected, and in a good way. Like, there were fun moments that I would watch again. But yeah, like they did it well. Yeah. Um, I thought like, it wasn't bad. They're really playing with fire with digging so far into such a popular franchise because mm -hmm. Spider-Man specifically has been around in the movies forever. Yeah. And so they definitely could have made a movie that flopped a lot harder. Oh, yeah. And did a lot more injustice to all of those characters. Yeah. So I appreciated that what they did, they did with excellence. But I definitely, like, I didn't walk away from the movie and be like, yeah, like, that was the greatest movie I've ever seen. Right. Or even, like, that was the greatest Marvel movie I've ever seen. Honestly, my favorite Marvel movie was Endgame. Oh. Like, that was one that I, I really wanted to huh. watch in theaters again, but that was, like, the week before I left for Ireland that summer. And then when I came back, it was out of theaters. So I would have loved to watch it in the theater. Like, that was probably my favorite movie theater experience because there was so much happening in that movie that's crazy i love that like you and a lot of people i know really like everyone loves endgame i almost have gone the opposite way of like the original avengers i think will always be my favorite marvel movie oh yeah like i i rewatched that like, the original avengers the first captain america the first black panther mm -hmm. like those are just like untouchable for me yeah and for me like i really struggled with endgame because it did mark the end of the avengers franchise right and like i would i i think i've said this before i would have been satisfied if the entire mcu ended with endgame that would have been a beautiful place to just stop the story i would have too because they did endgame so well that it felt like that would have been an appropriate time yes to just close the book on every character there but yeah but they need to keep milking that money tree or however the saying goes 
and um, <laughs> then they keep making they keep making stuff. And now, don't get me wrong, I loved WandaVision, I loved Shang Chi, I loved Wakanda Forever, and there were some other ones that I read. Oh, Loki, mm-hmm. Loki season two is coming this year, so that's exciting. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. The, all I know about Quantumania is that there's because Kong is in it, right? There's some lead in into Loki season two, so. I imagine it will come to Disney Plus before Loki season two drops so that people can catch up and get some context. But yeah, I think I liked the original Avengers movie as well. I rewatched it somewhat recently, like last year or something. And I was like, man, this is so hype. (laughs) This is great. It's so good. I watched it in the theater three times. Wow. I remember. Yeah. Uh, Watched it on opening day like 10 30 in the morning we were like some of the first ones in the that's unhinged the theater best way (laughs) yes yeah uh and then i watched it again i think like with my dad like at the time we were trying to do like parent dates or something like that or like one-on-one with a parent thing and i was like okay dad can we go watch the avengers again (laughs) and he was like okay (laughs) um so that's what we did that was the second or the third time and then the other time was with I think it was with my mom and my older siblings taekwondo group because occasionally they would uh, they would like do little field trips and go see action movies together. And, you know, when that happened, the entire Jones clan tagged along (laughs) if if we if we wanted to. Like with that group, we went and saw the Avengers Megamind. Oh, the uh, the Karate Kid reboot with Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. Yeah, I remember that movie so vividly. Okay, unpopular opinion. <laughs> I thought that reboot went so hard. Right, like it was like I understand now that it was like almost exactly the same as the original, but I I had never seen the original. So when I watched that movie, I was like super invested. I was like, wow, this is a really good story. Let's go. And then like afterwards, my dad, who was an 80s kid, was like, no, no, no. We're going to show you the original. And it was pretty much the exact same movie. So I was uninterested. Except Jackie Chan eats a fly in the original. Yeah, right. And uh, also the original. Jackie Chan's not in the original, is he? Not Mr. Jackie Miyagi Chan. Is played by somebody um, Mr. else. Mr. Miyagi eats yeah. a fly in the original. Yeah. So like I already knew it was going to happen. And, you know, there are a lot less actual Asian people in the original anyway. Yeah. I- I thought it was a nice touch that they, yeah, hey kids, today we're going to talk about the Karate Kid reboot. <laughs> I thought it was a nice touch that they actually made it take place in China. Okay, karate is Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> and that's something that, so maybe, like they could have easily just moved to Japan. Although, I guess they, maybe they just really wanted to, okay, maybe they just really wanted to use Jackie Chan and he's Chinese. So they, oh no, he's, okay, yeah, he's from Hong Kong. So they, I guess they didn't want to make him play a Japanese person. I don't know. I don't know. I. It's not that they can't learn. Oh no, wait. It was, okay, so the movie was called Karate Kid. He learned Kung Fu, which is Chinese, but they still called the movie Karate Kid. Okay, yeah, because Kung Fu Kid <laughs> didn't have a good ring. That's right. That's, that's where the, that's where the mix up was. That's right. They could have just called it Kung Fu Kid so that it wasn't like, you know, a direct rip ripoff of of the original. They could have like, you know, made it a little bit different. That's that's what I okay. I don't know what they were thinking. It was an enjoyable movie to me though. Oh, it was. Which granted, we I was like what 12 when it came out. What year did it come out? Let's see. Out? The ka- ka- the ka- Karate Kid 2010. 
So Okay, I was 10 when it came out. And I was 11. All I thought at the time was that Jaden Smith was cute. So. Of course, yes. Yeah. J- uh, okay, yeah. Jaden Smith, Jackie Chan. So instead of Mr. Miyagi, he was Mr. Han. Let's see. And then a bunch of other Asian actors that I haven't seen since. Uh, oh, Taraji P. Henson played J- uh, Jaden Smith's mom. I don't remember that. Or maybe I just didn't recognize her yet. But yeah, what a... What an interesting movie. We should, we're, we're going to watch this. I might want to rewatch this. Did they do a Karate Kid 2? Uh, like with uh, Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan? I don't think so. Because there is, yeah. So there are two more Karate Kids with the original cast. But oh, right. I think, okay. So, so this 2010 Karate Kid has a 6.2 out of 10 on IMDb and a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. So... I think it's probably uh, everybody's parents who were like, this is a ripoff of all the original movie. And he's learning Kung Fu. He's not even learning karate. What's the, what the heck? That's probably where all that comes from. Like when, this is my problem with movie critics. They rate movies that were meant for families and children from their s- adult perspective, right? Right. Like it's not meant for, like you need to, like they should have, like whatever the intended audience is, those should be the critics, right? <laughs> like, come on. Well, hold on. Let's see what the audience score is. Because it's 66% on the tomato meat. Okay, 67% audio score. Yeah, and see the the thumbnail on the Rotten Tomatoes trailer is that uh, scene where Jaden Smith is like doing the splits on a balcony. Yeah. And like that's that's what I remember from that movie. Plus the fire cupping. I do he's, too, yeah. Yeah, when he's recovering from injuries. Do you remember? Th- that's another movie where like the marketing around it specifically was like almost what I remember more than the movie itself. Oh, I don't remember the marketing at all. I just remember, all right, Taekwondo group, we're going to go see Karate Kid. And we were like, that sounds interesting. Okay, we'll go do that. Jaden, What is Jaden Smith up to now? Uh, Man, Jaden Smith is, he's really on some stuff. He's listed as a rapper now. Yeah. <laughs> and by on some stuff, I mean, I'm sure he's professionally successful, but I just looked at his IMDb page and he had like a neon pink buzz cut and like yeah, I'm seeing that <laughs> metal teeth. So I mean, good for him. What it's it's like being an influencer's kid, right? Yeah, honestly, his, his parents are super famous. Well, and after the Oscars slap, oh I'm my sure, gosh, I'm sure Jaden's uh, music when got quite the the, the place. Oh, the Oscars, Oscars are this weekend, by the way. Frick! I thought I had another week or two because they were towards the end of March last year because I was going to do my our, our Oscars review. We could just do Oscars in review. In Yes. Okay. Okay. That would probably be for better. For the next episode because then we can dedicate a whole episode to like yes. who actually wins. And also I can have time to go and look up half these people. Right. Me too. Yeah. Uh, the freaking Oscars bringing anonymous people into the spotlight for like two weeks. Right. All right. Man. Will- Willow Smith had like that whip my hair song. That was a And bop. then disappeared And forever. then disappeared. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. <laughs> oh, she was in the Kit Kittredge movie. Was she? Yeah. She was in a- I didn't see the Kit Kittredge movie, so. Yeah. It's a- well, it was Abigail Breslin played Kit. I loved Abigail Breslin as a kid. So like she was <laughs> in a lot of- really popular movies because she was nominated for an Oscar and I wanted to be an actress. So I was like, wow. Well, I guess she was the first like child actress that I really noticed. But yeah, Willow's character was not in the books at all. Right. <laughs> they completely changed the 
Like they didn't follow the book at all. Oh, hey, she was born on Halloween. <laughs> Interesting. But yes, of course, she was like super cute in the movie. What's Jackie Chan doing? He's still. She's still kicking. <laughs> literally. Well, he's only 68, so he's probably. Good for He's him. fine. Yeah. Hong Kong's cheeky, lovable, and best-known film star Jackie Chan endured many years of long, hard work and multiple injuries to establish international... Uh, yep, and then cuts off. Okay. I mean, doesn't look like he has very many new, very much new stuff. Let's see. Yeah, he hasn't really done anything since 2021. Oh, upcoming. Okay, let's see. Yeah, he's just doing producer stuff. He's not really in things anymore hmm. these days. Let's see. Oh, actor. Okay, here we go. Yeah, he's got, oh, there's a another, oh, there's Kung Fu Panda 4 coming next year. I didn't even know they were making a fourth Kung Fu Panda. I did not either. It's in pre-production apparently, and of course he's already uh, cast as Monkey. There's also a fourth Rush Hour movie, rumored, okay. Interesting. Or he's rumored to be in it. Rush Hour is so good. I haven't seen it, but I've heard good things about it. Yeah. But yeah, so he hasn't really been in stuff since since 2021. So yeah, the last movie he was in was Good Night Beijing. Never heard of it, but he was he was in that. It was less, yeah, it's a Chinese movie. That's the last thing he was in. So he's, he's taking a break. So good for him. Get some rest. I mean, he is 68, so. Right, yeah. He's, he has 138 acting credits. That's insane. So he's been in a few things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Woo. Let's see, when did he when did he start acting? Well, I guess, let's see. Today we're going to look at the history of, of Jackie Chan. Okay, his first acting credit is from 1962. So he's been wow. in it for a while. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. Okay, so in 1962, how old was he? Do some math here. 62. Okay, he was eight years old. So he's been, he's had quite a long career. No kidding. And he's doing well, I'm sure. Money-wise, at least. <laughs> I hope he's doing well physically and mentally, too. Anyway, shout out to Anyways, Jackie Chan. <laughs> shall we conclude? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, on that high kicking note... I was trying to come up with a pun there. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening to today's episode of Post Production Podcast. You can follow us on TikTok at PostProdPod. Nope. Our website is PostProdPod.com, but you can follow us on TikTok at PostProductionPod. Indeed, where Kiri has started making little cartoon animations of some of our hijinks that we've talked about on the podcast. So go give us a follow on the TikTok and comment which story you think she should animate next? Yes, with a timestamp, please, because sometimes those are hard to find. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But uh, in the meantime, give us a follow on whatever podcasting platform you're listening on. Yes, yes. Spotify, Apple Music, Anchor, Google Podcasts. Uh, there are a lot of them. Well, it's Apple Podcasts instead of Apple Music, but yes. Oh, oops. Apple Podcasts. Uh, clearly, I'm a Spotify listener. The Apple one. However... Uh, yeah, follow us wherever you like to listen. If you are um, in some of those places, you can participate in our Q&As on each episode. Yes. And uh, keep an eye out for our next episode after this. And if you haven't gone back and listened to our special guest episode with Elijah, you should give it a listen after you finish this one because it rocked. And it was really funny. And we talked about platypi. Well, and you can listen to any of our other episodes, really. 
some of them are better than others, but hey, they're all entertaining. It's true. So yeah, um, until next time, this has been the Post Production Podcast. Hi, yeah. No. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs>